Welcome back to Mark's Madness. Yeah, all right. We're back. We're doing it again. Um, doing it again. Yeah, uh, incredibly, as as has been the trend, um, but definitely the trend this week. So we recorded uh, behind the curtain um, here at Mark's Madness headquarters. Um, we recorded an episode <laughs> on Monday, which was like three days ago, and now we're recording an episode on Thursday. And on Monday... We were recording an episode and discussing the incredibly, uh, incredibly sad events going on up in Minnesota. Um, and yes. I was fully expecting that when we came back here on Thursday, we were going to be discussing first and foremost the evolution of those events and what was happening and, and, and how things on the ground were going. Um, and that is absolutely important. And I want to talk about that. I didn't expect that I was going to have to come in here and reckon with, uh, dealing with the footage getting released from Adam Toledo's shooting in Chicago. And yes. that uh, just got released a couple hours before we recorded this. And that is by far the dominant narrative right now. And the, I don't know, again, this is one of those things where David normally gives a disclaimer. If you've, you know, it, be very careful if you're going to watch this, this, I don't know why this one's hitting different guys. I know. I don't think it's right or wrong or indifferent, but this uh, watching a 13 year old murdered in the streets while he was complying with police orders is just something you don't want to watch. You, I don't know what else to do. I don't know how else to process it right now. Um, yeah. They, and, and run down on the situation again, because a lot of people hopefully have had this run out. Hopefully this is something that, is not is not dust in the wind in the 17 days you know i mean again three of these happen a fucking day at least that's the conservative numbers of cops killing people and that's not like i think there's like another 500 just from car wrecks from them and that's not the rough rides and that's not the the suicides and things driven driven from the prison system and the bad health care of the prison system you know that's just police brutality that is documented Okay, when they're on duty, um, at least three a day, and so this is is you know a huge tragedy, but it's very constant. And if every killing got the attention that these do, it, it would you just it, you'd be completely bogged down your brain. You know, it would be like a few hours later, there's another one. A few hours later, there's another one. Right, but that's the reality across the country. So this is a 13 year old kid. And he was being pursued by cops and he complied. You know, I mean, he was he was running because he was scared and they he was told to stop. He was told to turn around. He was told to put his hands up and he stopped and he turned around and he put his empty hands in the air. And no sooner than his hands hit his shoulder was he being executed in the chest. And then, of course, the cops in their normal training, right, they they come over. Are you OK? Are you OK? Like, dude, oh, you shot him in the chest. That whole and, <laughs> and especially when Lori Lightfoot goes on and, and says, oh, but yeah. watch the whole video to make sure you watch them. You know, really make sure you watch a, a child die so that you can see the cops trying to do something after the fact. That's really what you want to take away. Yeah. They're going to be traumatized. Yeah, the cop killed by him this. Tried to do something after the fact. Again, because she knows that's the training, just like the taser, taser, taser. I mean, they're, 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 they're soaked in this bullshit. They train each other to get away with murder, basically. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, horribly traumatic, but also this comes on the back of the body cam footage strangely wasn't there. And this isn't body cam footage. This is surveillance footage, I think. Um, for which, which one? Reckon, 
for for um uh adam toledo no the body cam footage got released today oh okay but there was for a long time they couldn't have they didn't have body cam footage. I couldn't. I don't know what I don't know what the, know what the situation was there, but I I know they were trying to avoid releasing the body cam footage. But the body cam footage yeah. is absolutely what we have what we have I'm, available. I'm pretty today. sure. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure that came out because of surveillance footage because it's surveillance footage where you can clearly see his hands in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they, so that's stitched because, together in the video. Yeah. Okay. So they 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 had surveillance footage. So they basically had to release the body cam footage that they're trying to bury, which kind of harkens back to Laquan McDonald, who was also in Chicago, who there was Burger King surveillance footage um, from when he got shot, and eighty hours just magically disappeared um, right when the shooting happened. So you know, I mean, these are things that they they do everything they can to cover up. But as they were doing then, there was a mass character assassination by Lori Lightfoot. And of course, every news agency came in like CNN even, I guess, saw the footage and just automatically because they run with what the cops say was like, yeah, just as he was starting to draw his gun, they shot him like that's what it said in the CNN article. Mm -hmm. And if you if you have to put yourself through watching that video, his hands are empty. His hands so, are empty. if anything, the best case scenario they've shit. got on character, the thing I keep seeing on character assassination is that he dropped the gun before he put his hands up. That's now where that's the pivot they've had to make after spending the last how many days they sent the, they sent an attorney that they're now throwing under the bus, but they sent an attorney into the court to say that he drew a gun, that he had a gun in his hand when he was shot. And now they're going like, yeah. Oh, well, he was uninformed. He was misinformed and he didn't inform himself fully. And we'll, we'll make sure this is taken care of, but they've been doing character assassination on this kid from day one. And they're still doing, mm-hmm. it. they're still doing that. He's no angel. And he was running with gangs and his mom should be in jail and all this other stuff anything they can to divert from i mean it's it's perfect victim syndrome over and over and over again but it, it again wh- if yeah, you I mean, watch get, that video like you say perfect victim syndrome if all of these things were true he didn't deserve yeah. to die no, no exactly like, he didn't deserve to die like let's imagine the story he's he, he's he's running with gangs constantly his parents are terrible and he had this gun in his hands that he dropped then he completely complied, was unarmed at the time of the shooting, and, and posed zero threat, and got assassinated yeah. as a thirteen-year-old. As a thirteen-year-old. As a thirteen-year-old. We're supposed to understand the the cops' decisions, but not doesn't the kids. matter. Doesn't matter. And I don't. I'm going to go as far as Think I don't even care what his age. Family, I don't even care what his age was. Family. I don't care what yeah. your age was. They were chasing him for allegedly shots fired in the area allegedly shots fired at a vehicle not like they're chasing a guy that they know is committed homicide. none of this stuff no one deserves to die in that moment period yeah that can't be an option it can't yeah be. i mean i it, let's be very clear the entire prison industrial complex when operating as formally prescribed without cops killing people in the streets where people are th- thrown into jail you know they have to pay bail to get out or their lives are turned over and so like the poor have it compounded uh prisons you know are are, it's a very racist system that kills a lot of people and the prisons are a horrible horrible torture system so even that is bad right even by those written rules this ability for cops to shoot people in the street in and above that makes them judge jury and executioner there's not even a bullshit innocent until proven guilty. And and it's kind of viewed – it's like wars, right? It's one of those things. This is why you know you can't lambast 
official U.S. enemies, even if you think they're no angel or something, because yeah. most people don't like war. Most people don't go, man, I wish the U.S. just invaded all these. There are some people that do, but most people don't. <laughs> yeah. Right. They don't go, man, I wish the U.S. invaded these countries. I mean, but they clap <laughs> there's, for a the lot of people that, there's a lot of people that are like that, but they're just not ostensibly on the left. Right. So, but they clap for the troops and they're there. It's the, you don't even have to you don't have to not want the U.S. to invade. You just have to like pause just enough to not um, to not militantly oppose it. Right. If you if you lose any confidence in militant opposition, even if you're anti-war, that's enough for them. Okay, even if you kind of go, well, you know, neither Washington nor Beijing, neither, you yeah, know, uh-huh. or hey, you know, it's both sides. Kabul's a bad place, you know. Saddam yeah. was a bad guy. Like, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know anything about Gaddafi. Like, you know, that that's all they need, right? You don't, you don't have to be like, well, I'm good with war. You'd be like, I, I. I, I completely oppose these U.S. bombings, but Gaddafi's a bad guy. And you get enough people to just buy in to just hesitate and mm-hmm. not militantly pour out anti-war. That's enough for them, right? That- the same thing with this, okay, with cops. Most people don't like cops shooting people in the street unless they're just overt racists, right? And that, that's made pretty easy by criminalizing them. But this is that's what the criminalizing is for. This is why they do the character assassinations, because if it's just bad enough or the cops lives are just threatened enough or you're only empathizing with the cops, right? The cops. What about their stress? What about their PSTD? Ah, PTSD? What about their families? What about the, the them caught in the moment making bad decisions? And, and, you know, they don't need it to be good. that cops are shooting people are OK. It, they just need it to be a necessary evil. Right. And so as long as the victims are threatening and, yep. and this has to be done, then that's all they need. And so they will character assassinate all day. But then you've got to be empathetic with the cops. You've got to understand their perspective. And it's, it's just all a crock of shit. And so again, you know, this is, this is how the system works, right? The, the colonial and capitalist masters send their gunmen out who willingly volunteer. And most people aren't as pro for that as you think there's a terrifying number that are but most people aren't a pro for that but most people see it as enough of a necessary evil to even support it let alone not oppose it and all they need you to do is not militantly oppose it in big enough numbers and so all they've got to do is slow you down or make you think hmm maybe not yep and that that all gets in the way of abolition it all gets in the way of the actual end goal which is why again mm-hmm. abolition has if you center your if you center your your thought process around abolition and keep focusing on that that yep. is the goal and that is the whole the whole center goal of what you're trying to accomplish it, it's a lot harder to get diverted on on paths like that it's a lot harder to go down that route because you recognize at its root that you can't solve the problem this isn't a few bad apples this is this is the whole tree the whole thing's bad bad all the way down yeah. bad to the roots yeah you gotta rip I mean, this th- thing up and start over with something completely foreign to what you envision it as that's what you have to to really get across to people right it's not that these tragic things happen because then you get a lot of liberalism where you know the problems are bad but the causes are good but depending on where in the left to right range of liberalism is maybe you earnestly want to stop the the problems while while propping up their causes so you try to like buffer or reform or or whatever right abolition is important because the the whole thing just has to die or or these problems come about so you need to establish like this is a structure of violence there's no such thing as 
violent crime that is more violent than the structure. Okay. There might be to do violent crime, but that exists because people are pushed to poverty because people are pushed to desperation because certain people are sheltered while some people come after, but also all of the things that you think of a violent crime murder, well, they do that they kill, you know, mm-hmm. uh, destroying families. What the hell do you think they do? Rape. Yeah, especially in, in women's prisons. But I mean, outside of it, cops look what sex workers have to go through from, you know, cops harassing, them, especially, you know, survival sex workers down on the streets. Um, you know, I mean, this is all assault. I mean, the, the police brutality just proves that that nothing the system claims to protect is even mildly mitigated from it. OK, well, hold it's on. at best hold on. neutral with its own consequences. Worst, bad, made worse. Personal property held by the ruling class is very well protected by the cops, and that ooh, uh, ooh. don't don't discount that. That's true. Don't that's discount true. that. That's they true. Pre- they boarded up all the windows that, at City Hall. I think that's another thing that gets to people, right? No one. This is where we talk about, like, uh, you know, what what are the tools to accomplish a goal, and what are your goals, right? And most people don't think that through, and so they don't think of personal property as a tool to you know, help someone survive and, and live a fulfilling life and things like that. Right. And so it's easily conflated with private property, a tool to exploit. And so all of a sudden personal property can feel threatened and, Oh, that's my survival. And now you're putting it ahead of human survival. And that's something the system trains you to do. So that's another way cops get support, right? Anybody with personal property, well, what if someone stole my stuff? Or yeah. someone violently came at this mystic threat of violence and having your which, stuff stolen, which, by the way, mir- miraculously never seems to come from people who have actually had their stuff stolen or been a victim of a violent crime because they're very well aware that the cops don't do shit for that. That's right. They'll come in. They'll do a little paperwork. I, what was it? Was it 2017? Which year was it where like petty theft was surpassed by, by cops? C- now civil forfeiture. Silver forfeiture, that's the word, where cops just basically take your stuff and it's, it's I think it was been surpassed like every year assist. Yeah. Like they, cops, they, just petty theft. Yeah, you could take oh away yeah, no. wage gr- burglary. Yeah, wage theft pe- is civil, the number civil one. Forfeiture, wage theft is number one. Civil forfeiture passed burglary as number two. And it passed it yeah, in like 2016, then, 2017 has never gone back. Yeah, and that's and that's tabling exploitation. That's tabling all of the abuse cops get. And and like I said, you know, I don't know how many times they expect special treatment, just like military people, right? Oh yeah. So they they expect you to kiss their ass and thank them, and they expect to get free stuff and claps and stuff like that. And that's not that's not some type of theft. So if you just do straight up like illegal wage theft and then straight up civil forfeiture. Those are both bigger than burglary, and cops are there to protect you from burglary. They're worse than burglary. Yep, and it's it's <laughs> it's not getting any better. It's it's just mm-hmm. fun and exciting times. Um, yeah, and they and they destroy property. They kill people. They kill pets. They 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 do it all. Yep, they fuck they're it one, all. They're a one stop shop for all the things that are not great. <laughs> um. That being said, uh, anything else in the, in, we did a, again, since we did an episode so close together, there hasn't been a lot of days for time to pass and things to happen. Um, any, anything else current events wise that you want to cover before we jump into the reading this uh, week? Yeah, it's kind of calmed down since, uh, since Prince Philip died because British people are so easily distracted with their royalty gods. But, um, uh, this is not, this is not a Marx Madness decree against the English, English comrades. I see you. <laughs> David, David apparently has some English beef. I'm with you. I got your back. 
<laughs> again, again, my I I am so British on my mom's side that that her maiden name could be a wing of fucking Buckingham Palace. All right, I I, I can speak to this, um, but anyway, in Ireland, Northern Ireland. Trouble. The troubles have basically flared back up. Yeah. Essentially, uh, <laughs> they have indeed. They have indeed. Yeah. Insert uh, of, you black and tans right here. Yes. yes. Imagine I'm good so at editing, of, and I did that. A bunch of um, unionists, and and again, you know, I mean, these words are not universal across uh, the political spectrum. So just because, you know, in our country, uh, the super right wing people use the euphemism of Republican as, or, you know, as their, their catch all and the supposedly left wing party that as we can see from shit like Lori Lightfoot that we're talking about, um, you know, Democrats are not actually left wing people here like Republican and Democrat that don't know anything about Ireland and think like, Oh, well, the Democrats must be the, the left-wing ones, and the, the Republicans must be the right-wing ones. And nope. Nope. No. Uh, Irish nope. Republicans are, of course, the uh, uh, communist force uh, for you know Irish nationalism against the colonialism of the British. And Democrats or Democratic Unionists are ones that for the United Kingdom, for for the whole UK versus, you know, which which is Ireland plus Great Britain. They want to keep there's that some together. Religious, there's some religious differences in there as well, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. There's, yeah, yeah. So again, and this is one of the bit. many things, you know, people will talk about like uh, Catholics being oppressed in the United States. And sure, I mean, the KKK didn't like them because it was their, their like euphemism for immigrant. And the KKK didn't like anyone, but they were heavily targeting black people, not Catholic people. Uh, but generally, Catholic people are not oppressed in the United States. When they are, it's it's you know a racism against uh, Latin people. I mean, the like white rich Catholics are not oppressed at all in the United States. No. But Catholicism versus Protestantism uh, historically has been a battle in Europe, and where that really heats up is in Ireland, where the largely Catholic Irish uh, are not very well liked by the largely Anglican English. Who have colonized them for centuries so yeah there's a little bit of religion tied in there too nathan is just taking the the side of the ira in in, in this in this particular oh, yes. that's it that's that's all i had to contribute to this conversation yes Sinn Fein, etc let's go yeah. um but no we, it, we is, support it is the wild and stars it is it is wild to watch that kind of kind of peak a little bit there as well. It's mm-hmm. just, but it was also, and maybe it's kicked back up, and we're just so inundated with current events here. There's but a lot going was, on locally, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it was really bad for a couple of days there, and then Prince Philip died, and it like almost stopped, which tells you exactly like with the that the unionists were there, and that these unionists are like super, you know, in love with the royal family and. All right, the unionists. So, so we're saying the unionists are allowed to go home and go look at that sweet Land Rover that he converted into a hearse for himself because Prince Philip is weird. Um, <laughs> one more colonizer down. I mean, gang. it saves Irish people's lives, so you know. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. <sighs> you want to read? Yeah, we should read a book. All right, let's read a book. Uh, this is Mark's Madness Pod. Right. We read books. 
Uh, we are starting on page 453, Mississippi and Louisiana. Uh, we are starting three paragraphs down with what seems like a fun and exciting paragraph, starting with intermixture of races. Oops-a-doodle. Oh, no. Oh, God. We got to the miscegenation, guys. We got there. We got there in one sentence. Um, intermixture of races was reduced to a recognized system by the regular importation of handsome colored slave girls for sale from the border states and a carefully regulated system of colored common law wives. Holy shit. That is one of the least palatable sentences I have ever uttered. Oh yeah, no, and this is this is cow. thoroughly described. So remember, we're talking about Louisiana now. So we it, people might have dis if you're not binging, you might feel disconnected from the context. So the chapter is not just Mississippi and Louisiana. We went a lot about Mississippi not being destroyed um, in the Civil War, especially near the Mississippi River and a lot of the Delta region, or a lot of those plantations still being in, intact. And that's how Mississippi was able to just like kick back up the racism uh, during Reconstruction real bad. Now we're talking about the unique situation in Louisiana because it was a French colony. Uh, you know, yep. I mean, obviously, we just kind of heard the whole Louisiana Purchase thing, and it's gotten reduced down to just near the Delta, Louisiana, and turned into Missouri and Arkansas and everything from that that quote unquote purchase of you know indigenous land that the french colonized and just <laughs> let america pay for pennies on the dollar um but a lot of Great this especially uh yeah but a lot of this especially in the mississippi delta you know new orleans area um is talking about how anti-miscegenation was a really big thing in the other states and and black i mean miscegenation still sometimes happened there were still mixed people but um you know it was very much like you're you're slaves right so there's white and then there's there's any form of black louisiana had a unique situation kind of the way a lot of like spanish colonies and south american colonies had where there was like a class of mixed that was you know it's it's mestizo or mestizex um you know in in latin you know central and south america um but this class of mixed um i think it's about to get into calling them like mulattoes mulatto was the term there um and so this is describing how that came about. And so when you hear people do like the bullshit civil war, like, oh, there was black Confederate regiments. Well, yeah, they were from Louisiana where they were considered white if they were white looking enough and they were mixed. And they usually owned slaves. So they were basically planters themselves. Not like, right. there's not, there's great, not really. Yeah. There's not really black Confederate soldiers that weren't explicitly serving their masters. Like free black Confederate soldiers were basically entirely this Louisiana regiment. And uh, so we're kind of seeing how that formed. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm sure we'll get into Du Bois. I mean, I'm learning a lot from this book and Du Bois knows a lot of stuff. And I basically know the regiment and that skin color had a lot to do with it. So let's let's find out some stuff. Let's find out. One must add to this, the mulatto free Negro group, in most cases descended from white fathers who had taken colored wives and whose children were often educated abroad. The grandchildren became now white, now colored, according to the choice of tint of skin. As a result, to this day, it is difficult in Louisiana to draw the line between the races. Not long ago, when a prominent white man of a certain parish was accused of Negro blood, the courthouse, with all its vital records, was burned down that night. 
that's a, that's that's a healthy way to handle handle conflict, gang. Um, yeah. Recently, a small group of colored people in New Orleans, all born since 1880, sat down and compared notes as to the people whom they knew personally. They made a list of 60 families of Negro descent who, in their knowledge and in their time, had gone over to the white race and whose children had no knowledge of their Negro descent. The condition of Louisiana after the war was desperate. The federal commander said the resources of this state are infinitely reduced by the casualties of war. The commerce whose innumerable wheels used to vex the turbid current of the Mississippi has passed away. The result of war plantations, which used to bloom through your entire land until the coast of Louisiana was a sort of repetition of the garden of Eden are now dismantled and broken down trade commerce everything crippled you have to make revenues where your taxable property of the state is reduced almost two-thirds you have to hold the appliances and surroundings of government and maintaining and keeping up the great extent nearly every charity which belongs to the city or state i'm very worried about the city's stove and refrigerator (laughs) i don't know that's why i I, I like double checked myself like no it's appliances he's talking about appliances it's it's a toaster um the levies on which the life of your country depend which from your local call wait we're talking about levies in louisiana this is not gonna end well gang this is not gonna end well um on which the life of your own country depends, which from local causes cannot be repaired by civil authorities, must be attended to by the United States. And a sum of 160000 is being laid out now by the Mississippi, by laid out now by the United States for the purpose of preventing this delta of the Mississippi from being subject to overflow. Oh, the United States government is helping prevent uh, Louisiana from being flooded. I'm sure that will end well for everyone involved. <laughs> Nothing bad will happen here. David, do you want to read? Because I'm raging right now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We have seen in Chapter 7 how Banks and Shepley, under Lincoln, had attempted to reconstruct Louisiana in 1864. At the same time, a rival Confederate government at Shreveport recognized the right of all whites to vote, voted $500,000 to pay for slaves lost by death or otherwise, or while impressed for public works of the state, and decreed the death penalty for any slave bearing arms against Confederate states. When Hahn was elected to the Senate, Wells became governor. March 14, 1865, Wells was a native Louisianan, a large planter and had been an opponent of secession. His ambition was to restore the planters to power and have them recognize the new dispensation. As a result, he was caught between two fires. Sheridan told Stanton that Wells was a political trickster and a dishonest man. Well, the planters, once they got hands on power, overrode his advice until they had to take refuge with the radicals. So again, opportunism doesn't get you any fucking where. Oh, God, this next sentence, we missed it by a day, David. We missed it by a day. Oh, no. Yes. So uh, behind the curtain, behind the curtain, it's April 15th. On April 14th, Lincoln was assassinated. Rip. Rest in peace. Rip. President who is at least better than Johnson. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You've got that going for you, Linko. You're better than Johnson. Thumbs up. Uh, President Johnson recognized Wells as provisional governor of Louisiana. The governor at once ordered an election for state and national officers. 
on the ground that the previous registration of 1864 was fraudulent and that many Negroes were on the list, although Wells refrained from mentioning this fact explicitly. Oh, so good. There's there's too many black people elected, so those yeah. elections must be fraud. This That's sounds gotta be a fraudulent. lot. This sounds a lot like OAS accusations in Latin America. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There appeared three political parties, the National Republicans, headed by Durant, the Conservative Union, headed by Wells, and the Democratic Party. Headed by nobody. Democrat- headed by no. You don't get a you don't get a byline there, right? The <laughs> planters. <laughs> headed by rich white folk. That's right. The Democratic Party held a state convention and adopted a platform which declared that Louisiana is a government of white people made and to be perpetuated for the exclusive political benefit of the white race and in accordance with the constant adjudication, 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 thank you, of the United States Supreme Court. That the people of African descent cannot be considered as citizens of the United States and that there can in no event nor under any circumstances by any equality between the whites or other races. Holy shit, that sucked. When we talk about Hitler explicitly being influenced by the United States, you really feel it with that last paragraph. I mean, at what point? I mean, we, we must damn. secure Louisiana for the white race. It's basically Louisiana what they put said. the 14 words in their constitution. Of practically, yeah, it feels like God dang. it was it was gross. Um, the Democratic or conservative candidates were overwhelmingly elected and the new legislature was composed almost entirely of ex-Confederates. The Republican Party put no candidate in the field at At the first session of the legislature, a resolution was adopted declaring that the Constitution of 1864 was a creation of fraud, violence, and corruption. There's our corruption popping back up. There it is again. And protested against seating Hahn and Cutler in the United States Senate. The legislature tried to reorganize the city government. The bill was vetoed by Wells, but was promptly passed by the governor's veto, and John T. Monroe was elected mayor. I didn't know vetoes could pass laws. That's pretty interesting. Promptly passed over – no, promptly passed over the governor's veto. So governor vetoed oh, it. They overrode it. Okay. They vetoed and they overrode the vote. Never mind. Yep. Okay, cool. He led the mobs of ruffians in 1854 oh, to 1856. Back. The scalawags are coming next. <laughs> Two governors had complained about him, and Butler had been obliged to put him in jail. He later engineered the riot of 1866. I'm sure that's not great. Yeah, no, I mean, keep in mind that like these are not riots like uprisings. These are riots like the white people are real mad they lost that war. Yeah, almost every time there's a riot in these times, a lot of uh, uh, black people end up very dead, and it's very gruesome. And Dr. Du Bois wrote about it, and we couldn't even talk about it because it was so bad. It's the only episode of this podcast we recorded and then threw out because it was so upsetting. Yeah, no, we stopped what like halfway through because we couldn't even finish it. it yeah, was, it was bad. It was that. It was, it was that. You you hear what we actually read on a week to week basis? Imagine something so bad that we just quit halfway through and go, no, thank you. That's yeah, what. And then that's realize, what riots are. Realize that that was what happened. That was true. That was that was documenting a real event. Yes, like, it was just Doctor Du Bois reporting on facts and normally yeah. we can report on those facts without wanting to vomit in our own mouths Mm-mm, not on those riots no sir nope so so just remember 
if anyone ever tries to minimize the effects of racism or things like racial slurs, uh, no, nope. <laughs> Fuck it, no, no, nope. no. Nope. The government now proceeded to oppress Negroes and union men. Thousands were insulted and assaulted. Organized violence was common throughout the state. Negroes were whipped and killed and no one was punished. Rebel sympathizers were rapidly replacing loyal officials and the public schools were reconstructed. 110 of the northern or loyal teachers were dismissed and their places filled by intolerant southerners. Union men of business began to give up and move out of the state. The principal departure of General Hancock, who succeeded Sheridan from the policy pursued by his predecessors, related to the organization of juries. General Sheridan had issued an an order requiring the state authorities to make no distinction as to race or color in the organization of juries. General Hancock superseded this order by, by one remaining... By one, remanding the subject to the state authorities and civil courts. Remember, states' rights are just excuses for racism. Always. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Every time. That shouldn't be shocking, but that's that's what it is. Like, yeah. oh, it's too gross to pass this national. Too many people will find out about it. But if we just keep it local. Yeah, baby. Then you All can do the racism. We can do the racism in our state or our city. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do the racism, this country's racist enough. States rights. There's Small no government. government. Small yes. government. Because the bigger the government yes. is, the less racist stuff I can generally pass. That's uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And in order to avoid the annoyance of frequent applications to him for his intervention in private suits and controversies, he issued an order declaring that the administration of civil justice appertains to the regular courts. So basically, like, hey, I'm going to be in command of the courts. I'm going to explicitly put this to local courts so you can be extra racist. By the way, don't try to come to me about the courts. That's the court's business. Court's business. Total, I don't want to interfere in the court's message. business. Yeah, that's right. By decision of the state Supreme Court, there could never be any equality between white and other races. Above all, this legislature passed the black codes. Thicklin questions whether all this proposed legislation was actually enacted into law. Certainly, it represented the clear wish of the legislature and was regarded as law. Afterward, the Reconstruction legislature took a special pains to repeal these enactments. They are among the worst of the black codes and virtually reenacted slavery. They were supplemented by extraordinary local ordinances like that of the town of Franklin. All of these acts of the legislature and municipal regulations meant the practical reestablishment of slavery in the state of Louisiana. The acts were passed within the first 15 days of its first session. This legislation and the various instances of widespread wanton violence and ostracism aroused the union men of the state and the nation, and they determined to organize for their own protection and for the protection of the freedmen and the old free Negroes before the war. The Free Negro Group early organized to guide the Negroes. Three colored refugees from San San Domingo published and edited an unusually effective organ for the Negroes. They called the New Orleans they called it the New Orleans Tribune. One was Dr. J.T. Rudanez, who spent $35,500 to keep his, this paper going. He was an eminent, eminent physician. I cannot read these damn words. We can't and read. And his companions. <laughs> we can't. We're only a reading podcast. We're, we're, not we're here a podcast that read. reads book and we can't read. I'm sorry. Somebody else <laughs> better than us do this, please. 
<laughs> and his companions were men of intelligence. The paper was published in French and English from 1864 until sometime in 1869. Very specific there. Yeah. Most of the time, it was published weekly, but it ran as a daily during 1865, and this was the first Negro daily in America. It attacked the serfdom under Banks plan for Negro economic cooperation and opposed the Freedmen's Bureau when it was turned over to the Southerners under General Fullerton. So again, not oppose the Freedmen's Bureau all the time. They, they like that. No, but, but when it's turned over to Southerners, then yeah, yeah, fuck that. It stops being the Freedmen's Bureau. I mean, again, we, we as materialists understand that, right? It's, it's not state bad. It's who controls this? Mm-hmm. What are the interests? So, um, it carried on a war against the Johnson legislature, as it should, sending copies to every member of Congress and printing all of the iniquitous labor laws. For a long time, its editor was Paul Trevine, a colored man born in 1825. His father had fought in the War of 1812, and he was well-trained speaking several languages. At great personal peril and with dauntless courage, he battered his way to Negro freedom. On January 8th, 1865, the Tribune called attention to a convention of colored men of Louisiana, which will meet tomorrow in this city. It pointed out that three principal points for some time past have been kept in view by our leading men and will unquestionably be brought before the convention. The first is the permanent organization and centralization of our league and societies. The second is the foundation upon a solid basis of a permanent board entrusted with the interest of our population. And the third is the particular welfare of the freedmen. This convention attacked the economic situation directly and with far-sighted prudence. It organized a Bureau of Industry in New Orleans under a superintendent and assistance. It was for the relief of distress and for distributing a Bureau of Information, especially for colored soldiers and their relatives, and for buying and selling produce and other necessities on a cooperative basis. Direct trade with France was planned. The Tribune, from the first, strongly defended Negro suffrage. January 17th, the Tribune said, At the present time, when our state is entering into a new period of her social career, we must spare no means at our command to bring her under a truly democratic system of labor. Glancing at the attempt recently made in Europe to organize a plan of credit for the people, which is worthy of our studies and investigations. We, too, need credit for the laborers. We cannot expect complete and perfect freedom for the working men as long as they remain the tools of capital and are deprived of the legitimate product of the sweat of their brow. All right, Tribune. I really like it. This tribune. Damn. You, tribune. All right. Tribune Moving. good. We've that, that's what tribune, we've got so far. Tribunes are good, is what we've established. We have denied yeah. time and time again the right that the right to suffrage was confined among the whites to those distinguished by a high degree of civilization. But we assert that the sons and grandsons of the colored men who were recognized French citizens under the French rule and whose rights were reserved in the Treaty of Secession, taken away from them since 1803, are not savages and uncivilized inhabitants of the wild swamps of Louisiana. We contend that the freedmen who proved intelligent enough to shed their blood in defense of freedom and the national flag are competent to cast their votes in the ballot box. April 2nd, the Tribune said, the colored man will have to be called to the ballot box as he is called to in the ranks, as he has been called in the ranks. The black man had to fight the battles of the Union and the free and freedom. And with his musket, he will have to fight them, too, with the ballot. 
Loyalty does not dwell in the white population of the South, taken as a mass, but loyalty lives in the hearts of the colored men. Can the United States find friends where they have none or very few? They cannot. But the cause of universal freedom will find friends and defenders in the class of men who are longing for their liberties. Louisiana and all the southern states want an entire renovation of the political element, a renovation of the masses of voters. Uh, Flip some of those words around, throw an L in there, make it a revolution. We'll call it a day. (laughs) This superior understanding places the future into the hands of the radical party, the game that the free state party has lost by its incompetency. The radicals will win by their understanding of it. The times they are still in the background, but one day and one single act of Congress or one single change of policy in the military ruling of the conquered territory will bring them into power. February 22nd, 1865, the efforts of this group culminated in the formation of the Freedmen's Aid Association. It was ambitious cooperation effort, ambitious, it was an ambitious cooperative effort, oh, thus described by the Tribune February 24th. Several plantations were leased to gangs, quote unquote, of laborers working for their own account. Seeds, mules, and agricultural implements were distributed among these freedmen, not as a gratuitous gift, but in the character of a loan, leaving to the laborer all his dignity and independence. These associations of capital, furnished by small shares to freedmen who possess nothing more than their industry, good faith, and courage, are destined not only to become powerful, but they will also enrich the state. They will inaugurate a new regime and for the first time give a chance to the field laborers to obtain their rightful share in the proceeds of the sweat of their brows. Time will bring up a legislation appropriate to the necessities of the case. But now at the start, we have to prepare the ground under all disadvantages for this important economical and social reform. The free need making a big value judgment here. This is the good FAA. Friedman AIDS Association, good FAA. Good FAA. The Free Negro Group and the Intelligent Freedmen were thus bidding for the economic leadership of the mass. I think I was getting mixed up with FFA. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, what other FAA are you talking about? Like, I know the farmer group, but that's not the same thing. All right. What are letters? What do they matter? I don't know. What is what is words, really? The Free Negro Group and the Intelligent Freedmen were thus bidding for the economic leadership of the mass of freed slaves and offering them democratic sharing in the profits. For this role, they had many rivals, the planters, the military commanders, and their agents, or the immigrant northern capitalists. Of the planters, the Tribune said, March 1st, the planters are no longer needed in the character of the masters, but they intend still to be needed as capitalists and through the necessity of moneyed help to retain their hold on the unfortunate people they have so long oppressed. It is that hold that every friend of justice and liberty is bound to break. As capital is needed to work the plantations, let the people themselves make up this capital. Our basis for labor must now be put on a democratic footing. There is no more room in the organization of our society for an oligarchy of slaveholders or property holders. I I agree with that last sentence a lot. It's a good <laughs> sentence. It's a it's good, a good sentence. sentence. It's a terrific sentence. These efforts of the free colored people to lead the freedmen toward economic emancipation soon ran afoul of the military authorities and their plans for using Negro labor. 
Banks had inaugurated a system of serfdom with schools and many excellent features, but with other provisions which insulted the free Negroes and hindered real emancipation. Negroes free and freed, I don't know what the distinction is there, especially objected to the pass system established ostensibly to stop the spread of smallpox, but kept at the de- demand of the planters in order to hold Negroes on the plantations. The Tribune said 18- April 30th. The smallpox passes will remain as an instructive feature in the history of abolition in Louisiana. It is one of those markets of servitude which are enforced upon us in view of controlling a population that has been declared free, that has been let free. It is a deception practiced upon the emancipated slaves who receive from one hand their liberty and are deprived by the other hand of one of their most precious privileges, the right of moving at will. It is an outrage upon the old free colored men who used that right during the darkest and most gloomy years of the slavery regime, and now are deprived of the exercise of their traditional liberties. It is well for the world at large to know how practical liberty is is understood in Louisiana. I don't think I know enough about what a smallpox pass is. No? Um, I feel like I should know more about it. Is it it like a COVID pass? Is it? I was going to say, is it like a like a, you have a vaccine, and in which case, why is it only small for pox black passes will remain an intrusive feature? Uh, let's we're gonna find out. Insert the music. Okay, smallpox passes. Small uh, so. Uh, History Channel did the first good thing they've done in the last ever. Um, The first (laughs) vaccine. So this was a recent article, but the first vaccine passports were scars from smallpox vaccinations. When smallpox ravaged the U.S. at the turn of the 20th century, many public spaces required people to show their vaccine scars for entry. So it was exactly that. It was a physical scar that you had from your vaccine that allows you to enter or exit a place. Okay. Um so I guess if the Tribune has a problem with it that would imply medical apartheid where it was hard for black people to get the vaccine, uh, or this being enforced more for black people or the property dynamics of white versus black, meaning this kind of came down on black people is the only things I could think. Um but the only yeah, thing I, I can think, I can't think of what else he's referring to, but that is after, after yeah. guys, gang, after an inordinate amount of time trying to research this, that's the best we got. So I'm sorry. That's the best yeah. we have for you. We've, we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. But <laughs> <laughs> we've tried Google like 14 different ways and that's the best answer we got for what smallpox passes uh, were. But that said, you know, knowing the history of this country and knowing exactly what we're talking about now, uh, it wouldn't be shocking for, you know, smallpox vaccines to be extremely racialized. So when in 1865, appeal was made to General Holbert for closer cooperation between the Negro leaders and the army. He replied, if instead of assembling in mass meetings and wasting your time in high sounding resolutions you would devote yourselves to assisting in the physical and moral improvement of the freedmen you would do some practical good he added there has always been a bitterness of feeling among the slaves and the free colored people 
Junius, not a rich Creole, in quotes and parentheses, <laughs> answered him in yes. March 31st, I am sure it is a well-known fact that two well-known fact, and that too, beyond successful controversy, that the old free colored people of this city and state have done and are doing all that is in their power to morally and physically improve the condition of the new freedmen. Ever since the occupation of this city by the military forces of the United States in April 1862, the free colored people of this city and state have night and day been working for and in the interest of the new freedmen. Even under the administration of Major General B.F. Butler, when slavery was recognized by the authorities of the United States government, free public schools were opened under the auspices of the free colored people, and no distinction was made in regard to the former status of the pupils. And numerous other evidences can be produced showing that no sooner was slavery killed and the black code destroyed in this state, all who were formerly afraid to do anything in the direction of moral or physical assistance of the former bondsmen entered into the work vigorously and have accomplished great good. The work is still going on, increasing from day to day, and more would have been accomplished but for the poverty of our people, who have been in the midst of war and all its dissolution for over four years. More would have been accomplished but for the policy of certain intrigue, intriguers who have integrated themselves into our confidence and have in the end deceived us. All that is required by the free colored people of Louisiana is justice, and without it, they are not free. The free people of color own over 20 millions of taxable property acquired honestly under a system of oppression worse than ever existed since the foundation of the world, and but for the free labor system established by banks would now be paying taxes on over double that amount. The Freedmen's Aid Association has now in hand four plantations. They will soon have 20. Every one of these plantations is a death blow to this free labor system, and the cultivation of these plantations by freedmen will show their capacity and in their new career. So basically, this this you know freedmen aid association these guys are not buying into the whole you know free labor right because that you're free to yeah. be exploited, um, and so each of these plantations that they're kind of collectively owning under this freedmen's aid association is is commune style right i mean they're they're it's agrarian but they're they're owning it together yeah um when johnson became president the colored leaders had firm faith in his economic program there is in fact no true republican government unless the land and wealth in general are distributed among the great mass of the inhabitants the policy of the new president will be therefore of enforcing laws of confiscation and granting homesteads to northern immigrants soldiers and southern loyalists and dividing the property among the great number of freeholders who will feel interested to support the new order of things and to defend the federal government to enforce this faith, the Negroes knew it was necessary to be represented in Washington, and in May they communicated with the several southern states on the matter of sending such delegations. The Tribune, May 31st, said, Such a delegation in the Washington this win at Washington this winter from each of the southern states would have a great tendency towards answering any objections that might be adduced against Reconstruction policy that would admit the justness of the black man's right to equality before the law. And most of all, the moral of such delegations will show that the colored people of the South are really awake to their interests. For mess. I don't know if that's supposed to be Monsignors or Messengers edition and Messers edition, apparently. 
Um, if civil authority again assumes sway legitimately here and is acknowledged by the executive and legislative authorities, we may expect and prepare for those mobs of white against colored laborers and the white mechanics against colored mechanics like the iron mongers of Cincinnati, the plug uglies of Baltimore, the flatheads of New York, the man. Mayo mensing boys of Philadelphia and the Irish mobs of Detroit, Chicago, and New York City. So again, there are derogatory names for these racist white mobs. My yes. favorite being the flatheads, although the the Mayo <laughs> mensing almost sounds like mayonnaise. Um, May- the Mayo men. Let's come on. The Mayo. That's men. right. The Mayo men's of, of Philadelphia. Uh, but more of mobs hereafter. If we desire to prevent these outrages from being our future inheritance on account of our active and exerted influence and friendship and love of the union, send a delegation to Washington and say to Congress, there will never, there never will be a domestic tranquility in Louisiana. So long as the most truly loyal portion of the people of the state are left at the mercy of the men who have for four years been attempting to destroy the union. So again, they, they just really want defense against the racist white mobs who are pushing back violently. And it's a pretty reasonable command or demand. Sorry, not command. Um, but it's a pretty reasonable demand. And um, something else you're kind of seeing here is the idea of, you know, we need to make sure we go to Washington. We need to make sure we're represented. And it's one of those things that we need to remember, you know, there's tokenization, which is an empty abuse of identity politics in order to suppress um, the needs and uh, the desires of, of a group that needs representation. But identity politics itself is not bad. It's very, very good because how are you going to know your own interests or have your own interests expressed if you don't have someone from your group expressing your interest in real time? and reacting to things in real time and getting the details of things in real time. So identity politics are very, very good and very, very important as expressed explicitly here by the Tribune. Uh, we just need to look out for tokenization. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and this is, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to incorporate this, but, um, so so there was a there was a belief at the time that okay. smallpox again Nathan is still on the smallpox hunt guys <laughs> ladies and gentlemen Nathan is still on that smallpox you know ride he's going to get there one way or another um there was a belief for a long period of time that smallpox was endemic and specific to the freedmen Oh. That this was a disease that specifically targeted freedmen, and therefore, if you were able to be vaccinated against it, I imagine that would count as a pass. Um, gotcha. So that makes the whole smallpox pass as a way to tamp out freedom make a hell of a lot more sense. Yes, there was a it very also- widespread, and like this was being, it was it was something you would advertise when you were trying to sell new sleighs, like just imported off the West Indies, conflict confitting of eight flout men and two women to prevent their receiving the infection of the smallpox. They have been kept confidently on board the vessel. Then they arrive where they will be fold. 
any person inclining to purchase them at private sale may apply to Mrs. Jefferson and Wiley. So again, there, there's advertisements in, in newspapers advertising that they're, they're kept free from smallpox and they're, they're, they're not targeted with smallpox and all these other things. So once that vaccine became prominent, I imagine that getting it would be a, a very important thing if you were, especially yeah, and that, if you were a freedman. That gives the, that gives the racist context behind it. And it's, it's very believable and fitting, you know, the idea of this racist pseudoscience that like some disease belongs to some other race of people. And we've seen it. I don't know how many times, right? You see that you saw that when, when uh, AIDS first popped up first, it was just a, a black man's disease. And then it was just a gay person's specifically gay man's disease before it was very clear that it, it affects everyone. Uh, you see that way back with the bubonic plague, Right. Um, where, you know, Jews were, were blamed for bringing it upon us specifically because they were healthy from it because they actually fucking cleaned themselves. Um, you know, you see that recently now, uh, the, the sinophobia that has, of course, spiked with the fear mongering about China and has a lot to do with the fear mongering about China that spiked. Yes initially started spiking because of covid and the belief that covid originated in china and was and there was people like you know this must be a, a disease that asian east asian people carry you know and uh, so that's where a lot of the sinophobia started which has been a in the huge US part of i mean that's been a huge part of yellow peril every time it rears its head in this country it, it, there is a there there's yeah. disease tied to yellow peril every single time and it's equally disgusting yeah, yeah. a new disease every pops single up time. somewhere else in the world and it's it's this terrible disease oh sad a, a new disease pops up somewhere in the global south it's that group of people cause this disease mm-hmm. and especially you know with the the sinophobia um, or orientalism towards anyone east asian it's always you know they they eat dirty animals never mind that people hunt animals here and eat fucking turtle and gator and every damn thing and most people eat whatever animals are around them right it's it's always this idea that they must they must be eating the dirty animals over there because they're a backwards country yeah. and stuff like that which just like here is not a very prominent thing no. um so and, and there's always there's always those pictures and those videos from that one market in Indonesia that is unique even for Indonesia for being that kind of prominent market. Um, but then it's it's circle around is everywhere in Asia by all the right wingers. Yeah. yeah, it's it's disgusting. And I apologize for leaving leaving us off there. But there we are, mm-hmm. folks. Um we have reached we have reached the end of our time together for this week. We've, um we have had quite a journey today. We we talked about the the racist white mobs and the jarring violence of that after talking about the current events. We we ended on orientalism and, you know, racism um and race science with with uh, due to disease and this all came pages after we learned about antebellum microwaves that weren't detailed. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you for giving me a chuckle in these dark times david um (laughs) this has been mark's madness pod there are a couple different ways you can reach us if you need to reach us first of which is email that is mark's madness pod at gmail.com once again mark's madness pod at gmail.com uh the next way would be to get us on twitter uh we're at mark's madness pod on twitter um our dms are open um the easiest way to get a hold of us however is on discord um uh 
our Discord server is linked in our Twitter bio. That is the place that Nathan at least checks most often. Um, and we'll definitely get it to David if you have a question for David specifically because he's smart and Nathan's not. I totally understand that. They do not <laughs> humble me in any meaningful way. Send them my way and say, this is for David. Just get that there, you messenger pigeon. Um, yes, Discord, the way to do that. Um, David, it's been a minute since we've disclaimed. I'm not gonna lie, so I would love a disclaimer right now. If you I feel very spotlight on, on me after you've like put me on some pedestal as the smart guy and then sent some... me the disclaimer. Dave, Dave I, I hate to break it to you. Anytime people contact us, it is either for the smart one or the loud one. I'm the loud one. You're the smart one. Embrace that, or I don't know what else to do. <laughs> okay. Well, I tell you what. For now, I'll just do the disclaimer. So, please, of course, this podcast, whatever the dynamics are, uh, started because Nathan and I sat down and wanted to read a book together because that's the best way to read theories, to read it and discuss it and, and have a small group, uh, hopefully a group you're organizing with. And me and Nathan, you know, we just kind of started with each other, helping them out, you know, reading Capital. And we decided, what the hell? We'll record it so it can be a bigger reading group. And so that's been the vision since the beginning. Uh, so something we certainly hope is that whatever group you're out there organizing with, um, you're out there, you know, doing whatever party you're in is out there doing some kind of political education, some kind of reading group and reading these works. And we could be another voice in that crowd. We can be more feedback. We can help you read it. So you're more prepared for the discussions or just be another point of input for you. So you can better understand the theory, uh, save for that, uh, save that, your reading groups reading something else and you're reading these books on your own and you need a reading group for it because these are pretty long books. Uh, hopefully we can be that reading group and you know, we can give you three people instead of one and, and bounce these ideas off each other. Even if we we're not hearing your input in real time and save for that. Um, if we are an enhanced ebook or we are some kind of cliff notes, you know, whatever we can do to make these works more accessible to you. Cause it's important to get these works out there, especially in times like this, because we need the theory guiding us because praxis without theory is rudderless. It's charity. It can be co-opted and sent a bunch of different directions uh, that don't necessarily do the good that's intended. And of course that's because praxis is theory in action. And without that praxis, this theory means nothing. So get out there get organizing, support protests, support mutual aid groups, and make sure the real hard part is not just when these headlines are popping up because, you know, we've talked about, you know, decades when nothing happens and weeks when decades happen, the famous London quote, and you're seeing that in, in, in real time now. Uh, the important part is those decades happen in those weeks because of the hard organizing that happens in those decades where nothing happens. You need to organize the whole time. And that doesn't mean you should go out there and like, oh, I'm the great organizer. Like, it's usually good to start with humility, find simple causes, help people with things, find existing parties, learn how to organize from them and support their causes. And maybe just join that party and make that party bigger and more powerful. Uh, maybe start your own, whatever is needed. Uh, but whatever you do, make sure that your actions are always tied to theory and that your theory has actions to go with it. You're not just soaking in these books for nothing. They go hand in hand. They are tied at the hip. Amen. As always, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Mark's madness pod. We read books. My name is Nathan. My name's David. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.